Welcome to the Uncommon Church Podcast. Today, you'll hear a message from our pastor, Brad Carrington. We hope that it helps you to know God, grow strong in your faith, and do all that he has called you to do. A few weeks ago, I was teaching the last membership class that we did, and I, I made a slide for people that were new to our church to kind of understand the process of, of how people can get plugged into our church. And I made this slide called the, the, the growth path or the uncommon growth path. And it starts with salvation. Now, if you haven't given your heart to Jesus in about 24 minutes, you're going to get an invitation to give your heart to Jesus. Or if you're returning to Jesus. Um, so we, we want you to have an intimate, personal, real, passionate relationship with Jesus. And it's not a religious thing. This is, this is knowing God as a loving father and that we know who we are as his sons and daughters. And then after that, we would encourage you to take growth track. Today is growth track one after service. So if you're new to faith or you're returning to faith, I'm asking you seriously, please take growth track. It's going to help give you the foundational tools and understanding of what it means to be a Jesus follower. After that, and it starts next Sunday after church, is Freedom Track. Freedom Track is that eight-week course I mentioned in the announcements. It starts next Sunday. It really, really is going to help you find freedom, break off some of the bondage and things that might be holding you back in your walk with God. So that's going to be uh, next Sunday. And then we um, have launched just a couple weeks ago our new ministry track. This is brand new. And there's 14 people that are currently in going into week four of our ministry track. And we're really proud of our students that are really stepping out in faith and public speaking and prophecy and, and knowing their identity in Christ has just been really exciting. And then it's not a track, but of course, it's also this week launches our U groups, um, which are which are small groups that, that meet in people's homes or they, they meet here at the church or they'll meet at a Panera Bread and they'll study the word and pray for each other. One group goes cycling. Last semester, a group played soccer every Saturday. So um, these are just ways that, that we want to help you um, get, get plugged in. And then, of course, uh, to serve on a, on a team, that's not a track either. We call those our dream teams. But the first step in that is membership. And that's why I mentioned in the announcements that you could sign up for membership lunch with Josie and I, which is coming up on September 24th. So today is the first day that we launch uh, groups, and, and at after service, man, I just double dog dare you to go to the table in the back and, and uh, join one of our small groups. They're going to be launching this week. So um, just get, get plugged in. And we want to give you all this opportunity get plugged in and then maybe next semester you could take ministry track and we could really equip you to do the work of the ministry it's just an exciting time to be a part of our church it's an exciting time to see what God's doing um, I, I I'm I'm super excited every time I come to work every, this is work for me I mean it's not really work it's fun but every time I come to church I man there's just like a joy and an excitement in my heart and I love the way we, we often refer to uncommon as a church family because I don't feel like it's a religious exercise. I don't feel like it's an institution. When I see you guys, it's like my heart is like longing to see brothers and sisters. I love that that's the way God created the kingdom was to be a family. And he said, listen, I'm a loving father and I, I want you to come to the table and let's eat together and, and let's share together. I, I love that we're no longer orphans, but we're, we've been adopted. We're sons and daughters. I, I, I love that we have a place, that we belong at the father's table. So it just, it makes me just so glad that the Lord um, created the kingdom to be a family, and then he made room for me and for you to join his family. 
kind of speaking of families, though, I, I was thinking as I was writing some thoughts down about Jesus's parable of the prodigal son. And if you haven't read it, I, I would encourage you to read it. But um, it's the story about um, a, a guy who had two sons, and one son was like, Dad, I really wish you were dead, and I could just take my inheritance and just go and party and get high and get drunk and sleep with a bunch of people and just, you know, as long as the money will last. You know, I just, I really just want to party. And he did. And then he ran out of money, so he had to get a job, and he's working in a pig farm. And the way Jesus tells the story that he's at the lowest of the low, he's literally in the slop and the poop and the mud with with all the pigs, and he's eating the same food that the pigs are eating. When he, the Bible says, Jesus said, he came to himself, and he realized that he needs to return to the Father because the father loves him and the father has a place for him at the table. So he, he wonders if he could possibly return to the father, but he gets up and he returns to the father. And of course, you know the story, the father was received him and he forgave him. And, and that's the way God is with us. And um, he got, the prodigal son got into trouble when he left the family. The prodigal son ended up in sin and ended up in despair because he wasn't connected to the family. So it's really important that we don't just use church and the kingdom of God as like a religious exercise, but we see ourselves as being connected to a family because we were not created to do life alone. Uh, you know, we, it's, it's, that's not, social distancing is not a spirit-filled way of living your life. We were meant to be at the table in a family connected to one another. Another analogy that Jesus uses, he said, man, I'm the good shepherd and you guys are my sheep. And if you, if you know sheep much, that wasn't a compliment. Like sheep are kind of the dumbest animal. Sheep don't really have a whole lot of natural defenses. Sheep need to flock together because when a sheep runs away, when a sheep gets separated from the flock, that's the sheep that gets eaten. And, and I just, that, that's part of why you groups is so important. Now, every year when I talk about the flock and I talk about sheep, I always play this video and every year it cracks me up. So I'll have to play it one more time. While remaining a part of the herd, antelope find strength in numbers. With a large group, it's harder for predators to pick out individuals. Being the fastest animal on land has its advantages. Traveling over 71 miles per hour, the cheetah chases down its prey. Outside of the group, the antelope is found alone and is no match for this predator. Come on, somebody, join a U group, man. You don't want to be getting chased down and eaten. Anytime a pastor gets up and talks about joining a group, they're going to read you this verse from Proverbs chapter 27 and verse 17. Iron sharpens iron. And that's the way one man sharpens another. Basically saying you're going to be spiritually dull if you're not rubbing up against other Christians. And I, and I see it all the time. Uh, that, that people choose not to be a part of a small group. They choose not to serve on one of our dream teams. They choose not to go out to lunch with people and build relationships with people. And then a year later, it's like, oh, I guess I'm, church wasn't for me. I never really connected. I'm like, how dumb could you be and still breathe? Like, I, 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 I'm, I'm bringing you to the table. I'm offering you the food. Join the family. Get plugged in. 
A few weeks ago, I was, I was stuck. I read the book of Hebrews, and then I preached for a whole month different messages out of the book of Hebrews. One of the verses I, I didn't really I, I zero in on, I, I, but it's, it's for today's Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24. Let us consider how to stir one another to love and good works. Let us consider, meaning let us figure out, let us investigate, let us try really hard to encourage one another to love and good works. But don't neglect meeting together as some knuckleheads are in the habit of doing. Instead, encourage one another as all the more you see that the day is drawing near. And the day that the writer of Hebrews is referring to is when Jesus returns. Jesus is coming back, so don't skip church. Jesus is coming back, so don't skip you group. Jesus is coming back, so join a dream team. Jesus is coming back, so be a part of a loving church family. Don't live life alone. Don't live life separated from the church family. And he said, let's consider Meaning, let's, let's try to find different ways that we can connect with one another. Let's not be like those people that are not meeting together. Let's find new ways to meet together. And the whole point is, how can I focus on other people instead of just belly button gaze and focus on myself? Which is what most Christians spend their whole life doing. It's just focusing on themselves. Poor me, what about me? I'm here for me. But the, the Bible is saying, yeah, but didn't you realize the whole point is that you would pour into other people. You would encourage other people. You would stir other people up. And I love that he said, I want you to encourage other believers. If you break down that word encourage, you're putting courage into somebody else. So if you've got a courage in a certain area, you might be like, listen, I don't have it all figured out, but I'm pretty good at this and I'm pretty good at that. Great, take that courage, go to a small group and then speak life and encourage somebody else. And maybe somebody else in that group has got some courage and some strength and they're gonna turn around and then I want you to receive from other people at the, at, at the group, at the family, and then you're gonna encourage, put courage in to one another, build each other up so we can all be strong. We don't want anybody being weak. We don't want anybody on the outside of the flock. We wanna make sure that when Jesus returns, he sees uh, Jesus is coming back, so look busy. Like we wanna see him, see us busy finding ways to build each other up and to encourage each other. And then I wanna remind you that um, Jesus was talking to the disciples and he said, listen, if you guys really understand the body of Christ, the church, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Meaning that it, we have to work together to push back the gates of hell in DFW. That doesn't happen sitting at home alone. That happens when we are an army, when we're unified together, pushing back the works of darkness, praying for each other, encouraging each other. Jesus put it this way, it's one of the analogies. He said, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, you're gonna bear so much fruit, it's gonna be awesome. But if you're apart from me, you can do nothing. If anybody doesn't abide in me, he's actually thrown away like a branch that's gonna wither, be gathered up, thrown into the fire and burned. So I want you to look at your life and ask yourself the question, for the kingdom of God, am I bearing much fruit? Because it's possible what you've done is you've disconnected yourself from the vine and your one little lonely grape is just shriveling up into a raisin, which is not gonna produce a mighty harvest. You need to be a part of a large class
clump, go ahead and put that picture up, a large clump of other grapes connected to the vine and we are producing more and more fruit because a single grape by itself isn't gonna do anything. All of us together is what's gonna produce more fruit. So you'd have to ask yourself, if it's, if it's so simple in the Bible and it's so simple for some people, why do we sometimes run away from church? Why do we run away from the family? Why do we run away from the community? I think, and, and the more I just talk to people, we examine ourselves, we judge ourselves, and we know that we have fear, we have struggle, we have sin. We, there's areas in our life that we feel like we fall short, so then we push ourselves away because we're afraid somebody else is gonna push us away. And what happens is, this happens in the church, we believe the single biggest lie that the devil could ever make anybody believe and that is, is that you're all alone and there's nobody else like you. And that I'm, I must be broken and God doesn't love me to be broken. So I'm gonna let all those people that have it figured out do their thing, but I'm over here all by myself and our heart is just broken. But can I tell you something? God actually loves and will receive as an act of worship our broken hearts if we'll bring them to the altar and lay them before him. Psalm 51, 17, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. Oh God, you will not despise. If you would bring your broken and contrite heart to God, he will receive it as an act of worship. He'll bring healing to your broken heart and then restore to you the joy of your salvation. He's literally inviting you to bring your pain, bring your uh, disillusionment, bring your fear, bring your unforgiveness, bring your burden to the Lord Jesus. In fact, it was Jesus that literally said, come to me all that are weary, all that are burdened, and I will give you rest. Stop running from the one who is trying to bring peace and healing and restoration to your soul. Yes, he, he, he starts that work alone. He, he starts that work by yourself, but it, it, it gets stronger and it's multiplied when we do it together. Stop disconnecting because you feel like you are the only one. You are the only one who's weary. You're the only one who's burdened. You're not alone. You're in a room full of people that are just like you, and we need you, and you need us. Very quickly, the ushers are going to hand you a survey. It's anonymous. I don't want you to put your name on it. I just want you to quickly read, give a knee-jerk reaction, and if the answer is yes, then you put a check mark, check mark on the line and then fold it in half. The whole church is gonna do this. You're just gonna read these questions. If you feel, if any of these is a yes, then you just put a check mark next to it, fold it up, and hold on to it. Just take a second to do, once we get them all out. There should be pens in the seat back in front of you. If you need to start passing some pens around, Back to the message, is that all right? Can we get back to the message? I think one of the last things I said was unfortunately sometimes we run away from the table when we should be running to the table. We run away from the Father who loves us when we should be running to the Father who loves us. We, we run away and we, we don't join a small group when we should be joining a small group this week. We don't take growth track and get stronger in our faith. We don't sign up for freedom track and find freedom in our walk with God. We don't become members of the church. We just become visitors and attenders. You're welcome to become an attender and a visitor here forever, but that's not like what this church is designed for. We're not a good watch from the back 
place. We're the kind of church that you're meant to, to come to the table and, and, and pass the ketchup and, and put your elbows on the table. You're, you're meant to plug in to this church like a family. We, we want to see you get connected. Ladies, we want to see you at the Beloved Conference. I, I, I'm so... Can I just be honest as like the pastor of the church? I'm stunned at how many women have not signed up for the Beloved Conference. It, this is an opportunity for you to come to the table and, and, and to, to really let the Lord just bind your hearts together with other women and, and see that you should be getting your tickets to the Beloved Conference today. Um, you should be getting plugged into Growth Track. Now, sometimes people are like, listen, I've been to other churches. It always ends bad. Somebody always says something terrible. The pastor always does something terrible. You're right, church is not perfect because church is full of people and church is led by people. But you know what? You're people and we want you in our church. You know what I'm saying? Like in spite of all of us, we, we make a family. It's a dysfunctional family, but that's how we come together. And the Lord makes us whole and the Lord heals our broken hearts. We, he literally created us to be in community together. Here's an example of what I mean by that. Jesus was operating under the power of the Holy Spirit. But he said, listen, after three and a half years, after the empty tomb, after the resurrection from the dead, I'm gonna return to heaven, but then I'm gonna give you my Holy Spirit. I'm going to empower you to do the same works that I did. I'm inviting you to operate in that same power. So, so the Holy Spirit is meant to empower believers to do what Jesus did. So the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of us for what reason? To get out of us. The Holy Spirit's in you. He wants out. He wants to encourage other people. He wants to speak life into other people. The Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 1, uncommon church, I want you to pursue love. I want you to earnestly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. Because the one who prophesies, they speak to people so that they would be upbuilt and encouraged and consoled. So it's not just important for the prayer team to learn how to prophesy. It's important for all of us to use the power and gifts of the Holy Spirit that we might prophesy and we might encourage, we might build each other up. Prophecy is not just for Sunday morning at the altar. Prophecy is for your breakfast table tomorrow morning. Prophecy is when you're getting your kids off the school bus. Prophecy is when you're getting together in your you group and you're praying together. And be like, I felt like I had a word for you. I just wanna encourage you, here's what the Father says about you. Most Christians are like, yeah, I, I never really hear the voice of God. Yeah, but you're not in community and God is speaking through other spirit-filled people. I just don't feel like nobody ever says anything encouraging to me. Well, it's hard to do that when you skip church and you watch on YouTube. Because you can't prophesy to anybody when you're sitting at home alone. We, we are called, we are invited, we are meant to be in a loving, healthy, spirit-filled church community. God is going to speak this fall in small groups. You should be in one of them. God is going to speak in the women's conference in October. You need to be in the room. And, and that's how the Lord is going to speak to us. See, the problem is, remember I said, we disqualify ourselves. We know our struggles, we know our fears, and we believe the lie that we're the only ones that are struggling. We're the only ones, we must be broken. I'm gonna have the ushers randomly hand out to you somebody else's card. So just quickly, ushers, work your way through the room. Take one of some random person. In fact, I know they went, you know, what was on the right went to the left, what was on the left went to the right, the front went to the back, the back went to the front. So you're not gonna get your own check boxes. It's impossible. 
Just quickly pass those down. So this is somebody else in your church, one of your church family. All right. Here's the way we're going to do this. I'm going to read those statements. And if your person checked the checkbox, yes, I just want you to stand. Can we do that? The first checkbox, so you're going to stand briefly. Uh, just, uh, I'll tell you when you can sit at the end. But um, please stand up if your person checked this box. Yes, I struggle with anxiety, fear, or depression. Oh, you thought you was the only one? <laughs> you can sit down. I don't know the next one. I need the teleprompter, guys. Have you ever seriously considered or attempted suicide? Please stand. Seriously considered or attempted suicide. And you thought you were the only one. You can sit down. Have you ever been in a sexual relationship outside of marriage? You can stand. Some of you that are so holy and pure, it hurts to stand in that. But you're just somebody else in the church. Sit down. Let's give you a fun one. Do you enjoy discussing the kingdom of God with other people? Stand up. Have you ever been abused physically, sexually, or emotionally? You're not broken. You're just like everybody else. Have you ever been addicted to something? Food, porn, alcohol, weed, heroin. You're not alone. You're not the only one that struggles with addiction. Have you looked at porn in the last 12 months? You're not the only one that struggles with things, guys. Do you ever feel lonely? struggle financially look around do you struggle financially it's half our church you're not the only one do you ever feel that God doesn't hear you or care about you do you wish you had friends that are passionate about loving God This is why we need groups. Everybody, please stand. We need each other. When we go back into worship in a few minutes, I want you to pray for that person. It's totally anonymous, but somebody, you're holding their paper and some of those check boxes means that there's some struggle in their life. I'd like you to intercede for them. I'd like for you to pray for them. It's somebody sitting in this room somebody, a part of your church family, one of your brothers, one of your sisters, they need prayer. So I'd like you to pray for them because we need one another. We're connected to one another. You're not alone. We've now exposed that lie. So now that that lie has been exposed, that you're not broken, you're not the only one, you're not alone. In fact, we are called to bear one another's burdens. Galatians chapter six. We should bear one another's burdens. Let somebody else help you bear your burden while someone else helps to bear your burden. Now, let me speak to those that feel like 
everything has been a struggle. We are called to walk in overwhelming victory. We, by the Holy Spirit, are seated together with Christ in heavenly places. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives on the inside of you. But in spite of that victory, sometimes a loved one dies and we go through a season of mourning that can be quite difficult. Sometimes we get laid off from our work and we go through a season of unemployment. Sometimes we get into an accident. My wife has been in an accident and there's a long season of recovery. Sometimes other people hurt you, roommates, family, people at work, they hurt you. They, they, you, you, you carry a burden in your heart and your soul. I encourage you to take freedom track for that. But Paul said we need to learn to carry each other's burdens. And if, if we're just being super honest, if you are new to faith in Jesus, if you are returning to your faith in Jesus, you are younger in the faith. You're not quite strong enough yet. So those of you that are more mature in the faith, God is calling you to help bear the burden of new believers. And that happens through relationship. That happens when we get plugged into you groups. That happens when we care for one another. Because then the stronger we get spiritually, we can start doing some heavy lifting for other people. That's why we need to be in relationships. That's why we need to be in groups. That's why we need to just talk to people after church and take someone to lunch and get plugged in. Maybe you've been in a group for a while. You know what's so sad? I was looking at some of the numbers. So many of you have already signed up for groups for the fall. Several of the groups are already full. They're at capacity. Somebody has an apartment and they've got 20 people in their group. I mean, they physically can't put more people in the room. So if you are spiritually mature, if you have been a part of a group for a while, it's time for you to step out in faith and go lead a group. If we're going to reach more people for Christ, we need more groups. That's how churches grow. You want to stay stuck? Don't step out and lead another small group. We need to grow because we are a body that is growing. It's a similar analogy to the, the grapevine and you take the grape off of the grapevine it shrivels up and dies. We, Paul said, the Apostle Paul said, all of us are a part of a body. We make up the body of Christ. We're different from each other, but we're, we're all a part of the same body of uncommon church. But do you know if you cut off a part of your body, you cut off a finger and you put it down, it's going to decompose and die and now the hand has one less finger we need one another for living we need one another for strength we we need one another or we're gonna die god made this plan like this if this is kind of icks you out and you're like i just don't want to be in a church with other people i didn't make the plan god did and there's room for you at this table there's room for you in our family bring your burdens you're not alone there's so many other people just like you. Now, I will say this. If there's sin in your life, you, you have been willfully sinning against God. You can't continue. Like, if you were to sit at the table, the whole family's here, and you keep breaking wind at the table or burping super loud, like, your grandma's going to be able to be like, one more time, boy. 
you can't willfully stay in sin at the table because the Lord has called you to be holy. The Lord has called you to be royalty, son and daughter of the most high God. So if you're still getting drunk, if you're still getting high, if you're still looking at porn, if you're still sinning against God, you have to ask him to forgive you. You have to repent and stop sinning because he is holy and you were created for purity. You were created for holiness. It's not good for you to be alone living in sin. In fact, do you remember in the book of Genesis when God created Adam? He created the universe and the, he created the heavens and the earth and the sea and the animals. He created Adam and he's like, it's not good for man to be alone. It's not good for you to live alone. We need you and you need us. Amen. Let's pray. Father in heaven. I thank you that there is an invitation to the table. I thank you that you want us at the table. In spite of our sin, and in spite of our burdens, in spite of our shortcomings, you want us at your table. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for forgiving our sins. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here this morning and you've been running from God, if you're here this morning and you don't know the Lord, then I, mean, I, I, I double dog dare you to repent of your sin. Ask the Lord to forgive you. Receive the invitation to the Father's table. Today's your day. I can't pray for you though. I can lead you, but I can't pray for you. So if you're here this morning and you need to pray and get right with God, maybe it's the first time you've ever prayed this prayer. Maybe it's the first time in a long time. If you believe it in your heart, I can help you. I can lead you in that prayer to ask God to forgive you of your sin and get right with God. If that's you this morning and you need to pray and get right with God, you need to pray and ask God to forgive your sin. You need to pray and accept the invitation to the table. Would you shoot your hand up real high and just say, preacher, pray for me. Today's my day to get right with God. Just shoot your hand up and say, I'm going to get right with God today. I see your hand over there. I see your hand over there. I see your hand over there. Is there anybody else? I see your hand back there. Is there anybody else? Yay, God. YouTube, I know I was kind of dogging you. Hopefully you're homesick or, you know, that's why you're watching the YouTube. If you're just home to skip church and be alone, please, next Sunday, get back at the table. We want you here in the room. But maybe you're watching and your heart's beating out of your chest and you're like, I need to get right with God. I've got sin in my life that's separating me from God. Today is your day to get right with God. So when we pray this prayer, would you pray together with us? Again, I told you, I can't pray it for you, but if you believe it in your heart, would, would you pray this out loud? Say, dear Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Wash me and cleanse me of all unrighteousness. I surrender to you be the Lord of my heart and my life. Thank you for making room for me at your table. I worship you. I love you. I honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, for the four or five of you that just got right with God, man, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. Wow, 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 wow. Listen, if that was you on YouTube, we want to pray for you. We want to screw in a light bulb on our Jesus wall with your initials on it. Would you text the name G?
Jesus to 817-405-2244. Fill out the form that comes so we can begin to pray for you and encourage you in your walk with God. And we want to put your name on a, on a light bulb over here on our Jesus wall. Thank you for listening to the Uncommon Church Podcast. If this message has impacted your life, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. And for more information on our church community, you can click the link in the description or visit uncommonchurch.tv.